The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. Brendan Glasheen joining you in the host chair with Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham. Coming off the holiday weekend, we are back for two episodes this week, today and Friday. Uh, be sure to subscribe and also uh, give us a review over on the audio side as it pertains to the podcast. If you're watching on the Action Network YouTube channel, we would greatly appreciate a like on the video and also a subscription. Uh, it's free uh, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So a shout out to our video team as well. They take our feed from the pod and you can see our lovely faces coming off a holiday weekend. Fresh as lettuce, ready to break down a full slate today in Major League Baseball. Uh, Zarilla, why don't we get started? And we've got a couple things we want to hit on at the end of the show from a futures aspect. Same deal, though. We'll go best bets, find out if we're going to fade the public. Underdog plays, a quick discussion, and then final bets. Zarillo, best bet for Tuesday out of the holiday break. Key matchup here in the AOS. I believe the Rangers sitting a game behind the Astros and just a half game in front of the Toronto Blue Jays for the final AL wildcard spot. So it's very possible that the Texas Rangers might have made all of these moves, all of these free agent signings, and may end up missing the playoffs. The AL is very competitive right now, and a good team is going to end up missing. Uh, But in terms of Tuesday's matchup, I do like the Rangers as a side in both halves, and that's why they are my best bet because it's the only side that I've shown value on both for the first five innings and the full game. Texas has been great against left-handed pitching this year. Top three against left-handed pitching. They've been good against righties as well, but their slightly better split is against lefties. You look at the Astros' offensive splits over the past 30 days. They're the number one offensive team against left-handed pitching. I believe a 175 WRC+ for the Astros who... Historically, the past four or five years or so have been one of the best teams against left-handed pitching. But drawing a righty tonight, they rank closer to league average against right-hand pitching on the season. And again, even over that past 30 days where they're absolutely smoking the ball and have looked like one of the best teams in baseball, they still rank about sixth against right-handed pitching. So there remains a noticeable split and a differential in the split between the Astros 
against lefties and against righties, whereas Texas has the superior offensive splits in this matchup going against Romber Valdez. The one note of concern is that Nathan Ovaldi, better strikeout minus walk rate, better expected ERA than Romber Valdez this season, but is coming back off of the IL after a forearm injury. So slight injury concerns to be worried about with Ovaldi. I thought he looked great prior to going on the IL. I had Mm -hmm. actually wondered if he had worked with Jacob deGrom at all on changing his slider grip because his slider had looked so sharp and seemed to be just getting a little bit extra movement relative to previous years. So this was a career best Nathan Eovaldi that we had seen. Just a little bit worried that the arm may be permanently damaged and may require surgery. And the Rangers, you know, trying to stay in the playoff race, just bringing him back to see what they can get before he potentially has surgery. So concerned about the injury, but beyond that, project Eovaldi is a better pitcher and give Texas the offensive splits advantage as well. Do you have a number you'd bet them to? Or you might it's say about minus one ten in each half. Made the line closer okay. to minus one twenty, minus one eighteen for both halves. So about minus one ten for Texas in either half. Okay. <laughs> and you've been consistent on Fromber all year. Um Yeah. So but and Fromber's always been one of my favorite guys, but the numbers are down this season. The expected area's gone over four. I believe his strikeouts are up, but his ground ball rate is down relative to previous years. And that's that's the guy that he is. He needs those double plays after he walks guys to get out of innings. And yeah, you know, Texas, obviously a team who's seen him a bunch too. And there's that familiarity there as well, you know, that I think certainly helps the offenses. So BJ, uh, Zerillo brought this up. I'm not sure if you were with us last week, but Zerillo brought this up last week too. And we were discussing this division. And if there is any particular way you might want to come back in on the Astros, because I know Zerillo had a strong stance on that when these teams met in a series couple weeks back, but now Seattle's in the mix. And as Zarello has mentioned, their pitching it, it can go up against anybody in the American League. It's whether or not their lineup can uh, keep them afloat, um, at least down the stretch here and then into the postseason. Um, but you're on, you're on the Rangers tonight, too, against the Houston Astros. A consensus best bet. Why might you like the Texas Rangers tonight? I am. And, you know, it's funny enough, Sean, I actually projected the Rangers at minus 118 as well. So uh, very funny. We have a consensus underdog and consensus projection here uh, on this Tuesday. But, yeah, Sean mentioned with Fran Valdez, the expected area is up. The ground ball rate is down 10% from last season, which means his sinker just hasn't been as, as effective as years past. Stuff plus rating of only 98 on that sinker. Expected weight on base average allowed is 370. And, you know, his other two secondary pitches, you know, where – his curveballs have obviously been fantastic, but his cutter and his changeup have also seen a dip in the stuff plus and the expected weight on base average allowed from last season. So that could be another reason why he's starting to struggle a little bit. And he's faced the Rangers twice this season, 11 earned runs allowed in those two starts. His Four of his last five starts, his, his XFIP has been above 4.5, so he hasn't really been pitching that well as of late. Like Sean mentioned, you know, Nathan Eovaldi coming off the IL is always a worry, you know, when the guy's been on the IL for over two months. But he's been very, very good this season because, Brendan, he eliminated a problem that he had when he was in Boston. If you remember, he had a big-time home run problem in Boston. You know, if you look through his home run per nine rates, one year it was over two, and then many years it was over 1.5. This season, going to a pitcher-friendly park, his home run per nine rate is now only at .58. So that is a big improvement, and that's why you see his expected ERA sitting around 3.5. His best season with Boston in 2021 his home run per nine was only 0.74. So it's basically just comes down to can Eovaldi keep the ball in the park? He obviously has a ton of velocity. So the balls come off the bat a little harder when you're throwing harder. Um, like Sean mentioned, Houston's been 
red hot as of late. The one time they faced Evaldi, he went seven shutout innings against them. So uh, I'm with Sean. Project the Rangers at minus 118. So I like them for the full game at plus uh, 102. And uh, I would play them to minus 110. All right. And Seattle, uh, by the way, is at Cincinnati today. Um, so that is a, it's a very fascinating race coming down, uh, coming down the stretch here. And we will get to the Reds later on in the program. Okay, the public today is big on the Dodgers, which Jesus Lazardo is pitching for the Marlins. That's the matchup here. Dodgers-Marlins. Dodgers getting 88% of the bets, 89% of the cash. And looking at BetMGM, this, this is reminding me of what and, – and this is more of a – I'm channeling my inner debundo here. <laughs> when Blake Snell pitched against uh, Jesus Lazardo a couple weeks ago, the, the, the Marlins were an underdog. Granted, they were on the road. The Marlins are home in this spot as dogs, plus 125. Total is low at 7.5 with Clayton Kershaw and Jesus Lazardo on the mound. Zarillo, are we willing to back the Marlins as a home dog with one of their best pitchers on the mound? The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? I am, but I also like the over. And Lazardo's numbers over the past month have really come close to major league average. He seems to be falling off, maybe wearing down a little bit as the season continues to move along. If you remember, he had some arm troubles in Oakland. That was ultimately why they gave up on him and traded him for Starling Marte, I believe, to Miami. The Marlins seemingly fixed him, but it does seem like there's some signs of concern in Lazardo's profile. But in the same respect, Clayton Kershaw... Since he came back off of the IL, the numbers are woeful. 89 stuff plus, and I believe three starts now since coming off the IL. His last start against the Diamondbacks, walked mm-hmm. the bases loaded in the first inning, got a double play to get out of it, was in trouble again in the second inning, got out of it. But 89 stuff plus, 89 location plus in that outing against the Diamondbacks was not anywhere near the best version of himself, either in terms of the stuff or the command leaving his hand. I think Clayton Kershaw is pitching injured right now. I think the Dodgers are trying to find something with him or get him back into form as they approach the playoffs. Very possible that Kershaw comes out today back in form and the stuff plus numbers jump right back up to where they were previously. And this ends up looking like a bad bet. But based on the form that he's shown since he came back off of the IL, Kershaw is significantly reduced. I mean, you convert the stuff plus and the location plus numbers to an actual expected ERA. Kershaw should be north of six over this month. I think he's been really lucky with the timing of the double plays that he's got and guys hitting it to outs because the ball is just nowhere near the zone. It's a lot of three ball counts and he doesn't seem fully healthy at the moment. So I like the Marlins on the money line, but I also like the over seven and a half or uh, yeah, over seven and a half in this matchup projected it closer to about eight and a quarter. So seven and a half minus 110, even minus 115, probably okay. And maybe even my preferred bet on this game, but definitely think you should take a shot on the Marlins as well. We're not going to dive into what happened off the field, but the fact that Julio Urias might not yep. be available here for the Dodgers, maybe that's why they Dave Roberts and company doesn't really have a choice to have to use Kershaw here. Maybe yeah, they, the, they don't, I they don't mean, have that you know, luxury. I right? mentioned it recently that the Dodgers pitching scared me for the playoffs. You know, Kershaw not being 100%. Urias obviously seeming like he will not be available, hopefully forever, because uh, he seems like a POS, but... Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers come playoff time, it's going to be a lot on Bobby Miller's shoulders. And I love Bobby Miller, and he pitched great against the Braves the other day. But he was a lot nicer when he's your number three or number four starter, not when you need him to be pitching game two so or even game one because uh, Bobby Miller might be the Dodgers' best pitcher come playoff time. So, yeah, uh, definitely take some sting out of the Dodgers' tails for their futures. And 
kind of upgrades the Phillies for me a little bit as well. I think the Phillies and the Braves might end up being your pseudo NLCS come playoff time if the Dodgers pitching continues to trend the way it is. And if you missed it, Urias was arrested for domestic violence charges over the weekend. So that's what we're referring to if you missed that story. BJ, share your feeling now on this matchup of Kershaw and Lazardo. Zarello likes the, Dol- uh, the Dolphins. Jesus, NFL does come back this week. The Marlins, not the Dolphins, the Marlins and the over. Where might you stand on this game? No, they're both, uh, you know, aquatic animals. I mean, it's easy to mix them up. Um, if anything, I would play the over, which, you know, I'm just echoing what Sean said about the two starting pitchers. And both these lineups are both really good against left-handed pitching. Dodgers fourth and weighted on base, average against lefties. Marlins 11th. So a uh, good matchup for both offenses against two pitchers that are fading here down the stretch. So I'm with Sean uh, probably on the over. Okay, now we can transition to underdogs. I do not think we have a consensus dog. Well, in a way, we do because the Rangers are uh, underdogs today against the Astros. But Zarello, underdog today on this full 15 game slate. Where's my dog? Uh huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Not an official consensus dog, but I am on BJ's pick as well. And I'm curious if he's betting the Nationals money line because we're both on the over nine in the Nationals and Mets. BJ is going to get to that one in a bit too. So we're in agreement on a lot of plays today. But if I'm going to be betting on Patrick Corbin, he may as well be my favorite underdog of the day. Can't oh, really God. put much between Corbin and Quintana at this stage of their respective careers. The stuff plus <laughs> number is pretty dramatically bad for both. But I actually think there's evidence that uh, that Patrick Corbin has pitched better than Quintana, especially of late. And I do think the line is just a little bit juiced towards the Mets. So the Nationals down to about plus 115 or better would be my biggest underdog edge, I believe, on the board right now other than the Angels, who BJ is going to get to. So going to get to that one in a second, but also the overnight. And BJ is going to have that as one of his final best bets Mm -hmm. or final bets. Uh, But yeah, Nationals and over. And uh, if you want to play it in a same game parlay, I uh, would not blame you because there does seem to be some amount of correlation there between these pitchers blowing up and the Nationals needing it to win a game. (sighs) Yeah. Um, I like the <laughs> Angels sucks. tonight. That was phenomenal. Um, I, I listen. Dean Kramer <laughs> has cost me a lot of money this season. I still think he's a very bad starting pitcher. His expected error is over five. His expected weight on base average allowed on every single pitch is north of three thirty. He's just a below average starting pitcher that has continually gotten lucky again and again and again. I mean, he's got twelve wins this season. How is that possible? I, I'm not sure. But Reed Detmers, high variance guy, ton of strikeouts, a lot of walks, going up against this Orioles lineup that, quite frankly, is you know they're they're sitting around tenth and weighted on base average against lefties, but the Angels are top ten in Major League Baseball against righties. So uh, I really don't think Dean Kramer, who has about a half run higher expected ERA than Reed Detmers, uh, should be sitting as this significant of a favorite. Uh, tonight so uh, the lovely angels plus 136 otani is still in the lineup so oh jesus angels plus 136 yeah so i actually projected otani out and still show value on the angels in the over here so keep an eye on otani tonight uh because he trained it oblique it looked like in batting practice yesterday ended up getting scratched from the lineup the guy's superhuman it seems like every time he gets hurt he ends (laughs) up being in the lineup the next day he tours ucl 
in that start, the the start of a doubleheader got pulled from that game and then was hitting in the second game. And I was like, why is this man in game two? Uh, So just keep an eye on the Angels lineup. But I actually have Otani out and still see value on the Angels in the over here. So if he's in, it's going to be a even bigger edge. Yeah, I would would too. I mean, I have the Angels at plus 105. So um, even with Otani out, I mean, you could take off 10, 15 cents even with that. But, you know, still projecting value. Yeah. Okay, before we get to final bets, we wanted to have a quick discussion on the National League Cy Young. And, folks, this might not be an actionable segment, but it's more so uh, to proceed with caution here down the stretch. Blake Snell is now your considerable favorite to win NL Cy Young at BetMGM minus 225. And in comes Justin Steele at plus 300. He has now leapfrogged Spencer Strider, Zach Gallen, two pitchers who... Uh, blew up over the weekend. Zarilla, what would you urge people to do with these current odds? Is there anything there that people can consider? So I think the biggest point of concern, and I think this award will ultimately be decided by next Wednesday because Blake Snell faces the Houston Astros on Apple TV in Houston on Friday and then at the Dodgers next Wednesday on ESPN. So not only does Snell have maybe his two most difficult matchups of the year. He also has them on national TV down the stretch here. And I think if he gets two of those two starts unscathed, it's probably going to be his award. I think there's a chance he gets lit up in one or both of them and opens the door for Justin Steele or one of these other guys to walk through it. I've seen some buzz for Kodai Senga this week. I think Steele mm-hmm. is the only guy who could potentially upset what looked like a pretty clear top trio between Gallon, Spencer Strider, and uh, Blake Snell. There are warts in all of their profiles. Blake Snell has the low wins above replacement, a high whip, high walks. Strider has the higher ERA. Gallon seemingly has fallen off after getting lit up in a couple of starts because that ERA did balloon, but he is up there in wins above replacement. So they all have points of contention why they shouldn't get the award. Uh, as I've mentioned in the past, Blake Snell, and Robbie Ray, the only two guys in the past seven years who did not finish in the top three of their league in wins above replacement when they won the Cy Young because they walk a lot of guys and they don't get through a ton of innings. But I believe both of them led their league in ERA in that season. And, you know, other than Justin Steele, Blake Snell has a pretty commanding lead in ERA over the rest of the National League. But you look at Justin Steele and he's right there in war. He's right there in ERA. And I honestly just think he needs Blake Snell to blow up once in the next two starts in order to potentially come even with him in terms of, you know, analysis for the award. And one other thing I'll mention, just going on Twitter, hunting around, looking around, any tweets about Blake Snell or who should be the NL Cy Young, the public opinion seems to want Justin Steele. I see so much support out there for people who love Justin Steele in the season he's having and then think he is deserving of being the NL Cy Young right now. So, I'm not going to overlook that. Obviously, the public does not vote for the award, but it does seem like there's enough people talking about wanting Justin Steele to get it that I can't ignore it. And there's enough smoke there. So if I didn't have a bet on anybody right now, Justin Steele would be the man I'd target. He was 8-1 to last week, though, prior to his last start, before Zach Gallen's last start, before Strider's last start. So seeing it come down from eight to one to three to one in the past week, I believe he was as high as 50 to one a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't really intrigue me to a significant degree, but definitely keep an eye on those two Blake Snell starts this week. And if you have a bet on Blake Snell for NL Cy Young, 
maybe consider betting some alternate props on the over on runs allowed in those games. Or, you know, there's mm. other ways to hedge it beyond just betting Justin Steele to win Cy Young right now. You could bet against Blake Snell in those individual starts, bet props against them, bet under on strikeout totals. There's a lot of ways to go about it. So, yes, it's uh, it's something to keep an eye on over the next, I'd say, eight days through next Wednesday with those two starts for Snell. But if you don't have a bet right now and you want value, I'd say it's Justin Steele. If only they were facing each other. That would be fascinating. Yeah. This is reminding me of the Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, if they like played each other in March. But then I think, if, if I remember correctly, Jokic didn't play in one of the games. It's very different. I realize totally different market, totally different sport. But uh, that whole discussion down the stretch of the NBA season, it's giving me those vibes with these national TV yeah, games. Judge Otani at bats would have been fun last year to uh, decide yeah. that thing, right? Yeah. You got a thought there, BJ, on this? Uh, any belief in Justin Steele at that price? Well, the, what's, what's benefiting Justin Steele here is if you look at what Huey's projected to face going forward, it's going to be the Diamondbacks at home, then the Rockies, and then potentially the Rockies again. And then wow. they finish out with the Braves to end the season. I don't know if he's going to pitch in those final three games. So um, with all of those games, the Braves will play starters. That's true. Um, I think I believe one of one of the games against the Rockies will be at home, and then one will be on the road in Coors Field, which obviously is not good for him. But so, but it, the price is too short for me to play Steel right now. I yeah. think it's just a it's one of those things you have to if you have tickets on Steel or Snell, you know, I would I would just hold them and just wait and and see what happens. You know, you may. It's it's interesting, you know. Like Sean said, if Snell gets blown up in his next start, I think the the odds are going to get very very interesting because we saw this with Strider. Like Strider was the overwhelming favorite for a while there, and then he went out and got blown up, and then he was ten to one. So it can change in a dime here this race. So it's been a fascinating race all season long, though. I got to say, I feel like every single day I'm going and checking who's the favorite to be the NL Cy Young. And one day it's Gallons two to one, then one day it's Strider, then next day it's. It's Snell, and now Snell is kind of separating himself from the pack, but things can change on a dime here. Okay, if Justin Steele uh, takes advantage, he continues to pitch how he pitches, it will be a fascinating race. I can tell you, you Justin Steele, he strikes me as someone who has been using Caldera Labs, the base layer product. I tell you, the base layer, folks, it's your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And that man, Justin Steele, is pitching with confidence. And if you take care of your skin, if you make skincare your priority, you'll have a full day of confidence as well. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. We have a special offer uh, for Caldera Lab here with the Action Network, also payoff pitch. If you use the code PITCH, P-I-T-C-H, at calderalab.com, you can get 20% off right now. That's P-I-T-C-H. Insert that promo code at calderalab, C-A-L-D-E-R-A, lab.com, and you get 20% off right now. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language 
in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from insuance excludes michigan disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800 next step in arizona 1-800-522-4700 in colorado dc kansas louisiana nevada wyoming or virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in indiana maryland new jersey or west virginia 1-800-BETS-OFF in iowa 1-800-981-0023 in puerto rico call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in new york Call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. On to final bets before we go. Zarillo, I know you touched on a few of these, or you hinted that you touch on some of these, uh, and there's some crossover between you and BJ. What else you have for this Tuesday? And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, pretty big card for today. The Guardians to minus 102, and also the over in that matchup. The Pirates to plus 150. The Reds to plus 135. Alex Fido and the Tigers to plus 200. The Giants to plus 120, assuming Shamanai is going to get the bulk of that game. We talked about the Angels down to plus 120 and also the over. The Giants, or the, sorry, the Padres to minus 106, who I believe BJ also likes. And then the Oakland A's down to plus 160 with the under in that matchup. Uh, and so BJ and I definitely have some overlap today, which I always like to see. And I don't believe he has a bet on his card that I didn't also make. So definitely I uh, hope BJ has a good day because that means I did too. You know, Sean, it's, I'm glad to hear that you're on the Giants because I stared at that last night for a long time. Um, <laughs> Giants offense has been so, so bad. And I just am yeah. sitting here like, I don't know if I can do it. So I'll probably end up betting the Giants uh, after we get off recording here. But no, I like the I like the uh, the Mets and uh, Nationals over nine with these two starting pitchers on the mound. Patrick Corbin may have been pitching a little bit better, but his expected area is still over six this season. Um, so it's always good to taken over with especially the nationals who are also good against left-handed pitching so good matchup for them there um with you on the tigers at plus 210 Fiedo his expected rate is about a full run lower than his actual ERA. cole been a little bit lucky this season 
unlucky, three, a little over a three and a half expected ERA. So the gap between these two starting pitchers really isn't that wide uh, comparatively. And yes, the Padres uh, at around at minus one ten is the best price you can find right now. Uh, Avila is an interesting case. You know, he's been in the bullpen for a while. Came in and made a couple starts. His last two starts have been really, really bad. Um, but if you look at his ex-FIP through his three starts this season, just as a starter, it's 3.7. So he's been getting a little unlucky going against Michael Lorenzen, who's also a negative regression candidate. So uh, with Sean on a lot of these bets on the slate as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was of the belief you guys weren't here last Friday because we had others on uh, for, based on our schedule. And I was of the belief that we shouldn't talk about the Padres anymore. But if it's a case to fade the Phillies, because this 88 and a half, 89 and a half win total <laughs> is going to be very sweaty here coming down the stretch. So, yeah, I think they basically just need to go like two games over 500 to clear it at this point. I think it's, um, I think at this point now it's just 500. They got to go 13 and 13 or something, something like that. And even though they have a bunch of games left against the Braves, the Braves are not yep. going to be in a position where they need to win those games. So, yes, it is It is definitely concerning. Uh, their schedule looks a bit more difficult than it might actually play out. So mm-hmm. probably dead, but who knows? And, uh, you know, the NL, NL wildcard race is still very interesting as well. We've got a number right. of teams the Cubs tied up. Have made it, the Cubs have made it now. So uh, the Cubs have made it, Zerillo, where now the, the, the Phillies might have to kind of care so they can keep that top wildcard mm. spot. And well, the Cubs, you know, the Cubs, Cubs aren't out of the NL Central race either. I mean, the, we've been waiting for the Brewers collapse all season long. The underlying numbers for Corbin Burns are still a bit concerning. Freddie Peralta has been pitching better. Brandon Woodruff's been great, but if Burns isn't a hundred percent, and you know their four and five guys are still a bit shaky, I could see the Brewers collapsing down the stretch here. One of these teams is going to collapse. The Rangers, the Brewers, the Astros—I don't know who it's going to be, but one of these teams is good, and one of these teams is not going to make the playoffs. So. There's going to be okay. one or two odd teams out that you're going to be surprised by. And the final Dakota series has- for the, the Cubs is against the Brewers to finish out the season as well, wow. which could be go. incredible. Especially if they're a game out at that point, two oh, games yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Phillies finish with the Mets twice and the Pirates. I think those, those are fi- their final 10 games. And Pete yeah. Alonso's back to hitting home runs. Pete Alonso's only a few off the league lead. He looks fully healthy again, so the Mets are hitting the ball. They're not easy outs anymore. Uh, the yep. Yankees are not easy outs anymore. The Yankees are hitting the ball as well as they have all season. So, yeah, these New York teams, even though they were crappy all season, maybe they'll play spoiler <laughs> here too. <in> <laughs> all righty, that'll do it. Uh, you can find Zarello and BJ Cunningham in the free-to-download award-winning Action Network app. Please, again, leave that five-star rating on the pod and uh, a review. No matter how you feel about the program, we'd like to hear from you. As the regular season winds down, we return. Payoff pitch returns on Friday for Sean Zarello, BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We'll talk to you again at the end of the week. See ya. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.